All right. How's everybody doing? We can just turn the lights on. Sorry. I think our, yeah, it's all good. Don't even stress about it. How's everybody doing tonight? Listen, sometimes technology fails and it's okay. It's not a big deal. Listen, y'all, I am super, super, super excited. Tiffany said it a few weeks ago. It's been a while since I've had the privilege of being able, to, being able to be up here in front of you guys. And I am very excited about the Word of God tonight. Is anybody excited about the Word of God tonight? Come on, worship was so good. And it wasn't because of us, it was because of y'all. Come on, it's so good to be able to worship with you guys. Listen, we have been in a series called The Names of God. And it is really awesome. I am having a fantastic job. And y'all, real quick, if you did bring your Bibles, how many of you brought your Bibles tonight, whether it is on paper or whether you have it digitally or whatever, pull that bad boy out. And we are going to be reading right now from the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It says this. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Come on. It says this. It says, you must, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Somebody say Christ Jesus. Everybody say Christ Jesus. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. How many of you know that's hard sometimes? It is hard sometimes. Verse 6, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Verse 7, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, verse 8, he humbled himself. Come on, somebody say humbled himself. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Watch this. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him, watch this, the name above all names. Do we have, we have notes? Let's go. I, for real, thought we didn't have notes. Come on, praise God. You're awesome. You're so awesome. Sorry, I thought I was reading all by myself, okay? Let's read that one more time then, since it's up there. Therefore, God elevated himself to the high, to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That name of Jesus, watch this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. Verse 11, and this is big. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How many of you know there is power in the name of Jesus? How many of you know there is power in the names of God? There really, really is. Because why? When you learn the names of God, you learn the character of God. It's such a big deal, right? And how many of you know learning the character of God is very important? Because listen, there's lots of people, and I'm not even here throwing stones at churches or pastors, but there are lots of pastors that get up and preach messages, and they say they're doing it in the name of Jesus, when really, if you read the word, it might not be. Can I just speak truth for a moment? Listen to me. Do you know that the crusades were done in the name of Jesus, but they were not in the name of Jesus? The people do things in the name of Jesus all the time that actually are not in, in the name of Jesus. It's important to learn the character of God. Listen, we are on part 14 of this series. I say it almost every time I preach, but there's a church that they are on like part 200, okay? Like literally we could probably do this until Jesus comes back. Probably won't, but I'm just saying. Tonight, you guys, I want to preach to you from the subject El Kanah. 
Elkanah. And what Elkanah means is jealous God or our God is a jealous God. I'm going to read a few passages here. Exodus 20 Verse 4, it says this, you must not make an idol in the or in, of any kind in the image of anything in heavens, in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. Verse 5, you must not bow. Somebody say bow. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, watch this, am a jealous God and will not tolerate your affections for any other gods. How many of you know the gods that this word is talking about were little idol, they were big idol things, but they were things. Do you believe that? How many of you know people still today are making idols out of things? Do you believe that tonight? Exodus 34, 14 says this, you must not or you must worship no other gods for the Lord whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about, watch this, his relationship with you. Do you believe that tonight? Come on, a few more. Deuteronomy 4, 24 says this. The Lord your God is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. Deuteronomy 5, 9 says this. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affections for any other gods. One more, Deuteronomy 6, 15, and it says the same thing. For the Lord your God lives among you is a jealous God. Are you getting the idea so far? God is a jealous God. And some of y'all are like, look, I'm going to break this down. I have, I have two points tonight. First one is this. We were created by a perfect God. Do you believe that? We were created by a perfect God. Genesis 1.27 says this. So God created human beings in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. I love the way the voice translation says it. It says this. So God did just that. He created humanity in the image of, in his image. Created them male and female. Job 10, 11 says this. Sorry, lots of Bible tonight. If you didn't get your Bible this week, you're getting it right now. Come on, somebody. Job 10, 11 says this. You clothed me with skin and flesh. And you knit it, or, and you knit my bones and sinews together. Can I tell you something? You were made in the image of a perfect God. And I want you to listen to me say this. God does not make mistakes. We make mistakes all the time, don't we? But listen, God does not make mistakes. So my wife never makes mistakes. I'm just kidding. Okay. My wife is pretty much always right. Right, babe? Always right. My wife is pretty much always right. So at our house, we have, like, um, we have like nine cameras at our house. So if you ever try to break in, it's like the Townsend compound. I'm going to know it was you and HD, high-res video, right? Well, before we moved here, we got into this debate. How many of you know when you have nine cameras, you could be like, check the footage. Let's check the footage. Make sure, right? Well, well, before we moved here, we pulled everything out of our garage, and we were selling stuff. And one of the things that we had were one of those tiny little uh, those exercise trampolines. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're just like, bang, bang, bang. Your kids love it. You know, bouncing on this trampoline. Well, we pulled the trampoline out of the garage, and, and we set it on the van. Leaned it up right against the van, and a bunch of stuff was out there. Well, I walk outside. We had two driveways, right? One on the right side, one on the left side. I walk outside. 
and the trampoline had been moved from this driveway at the top of the, wait, yeah, don't play it yet. Hold on, hold on. I got a video to prove it, okay? So the trampoline was leaned up against the van, and I walked outside to the driveway on the other side of the house, and the trampoline had been moved from this driveway all the way to the bottom of the driveway in the second driveway. And I was like, somebody went into our driveway and just messing with us, took this trampoline and brought it all the way to the other side. It was like, I just wanted to let you know that I was there. Tiffany's like, no, that didn't happen. And I'm like, yes, it did. They're probably still around here. I'm like going to get my gun, like my baseball bat, whatever. We're like, check the footage, right? And I want, you don't have to turn off the lights, but just watch this real quick. Watch this. Tiffany knocks it. What? <laughs> what? The devil is a liar. <laughs> right in the driveway. <laughs> Right in the driveway. Y'all, listen, you can't make that up. Like, you literally cannot make that up. But I'm sitting here going, listen, even sometimes my wife is wrong. How crazy is that? Even sometimes. The other day, little things, I remember them because it's very rare that I'm, that I'm right and you're wrong. Well, the other day, we were in the car with all of our kids and we started talking about uh, a word. And the word was wordage. Wordage. I was like... No, I said, I said, I love that wordage is what I said. She's like, that's not a word. And I'm like, yes, it is. And she Googled it, and guess who was right? Me. Wordage is a word. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. She makes mistakes, but God doesn't make mistakes. Do you believe that? Come on. God does not make mistakes. Do you believe that? Look at me. I need you to look at me real quick in the eyes. Somebody needed to hear this tonight. The Lord literally, as I was studying, told me to say this. You are not a mistake. And for some of you, the enemy has been in your face. For some of you, he's been on your shoulders and he's been screaming that you're a mistake. Listen to me. God does not make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. We make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. This is why I say it's so important, y'all. It's so important for us when when. It's easy to make mistakes, actually, and it's so important for us as believers not to just take someone's word for it, but actually study it. Do you believe that? It's so important to study it. Oprah Winfrey, I looked up this video, and I, I was going to show it, but I, I'm not going to. Oprah Winfrey claimed a long time ago that she chose to denounce Christianity and not follow Christianity simply because there was a pastor, he was preaching and he was getting, and she said, I was all into it. And then he made the comment that God is a jealous God. And she was like, he lost me right there because why would I want to be, why would I want to serve a God who is jealous of me? <laughs> yeah. Idiot. Okay, listen to me. God is not jealous of you. God is jealous for you. Did you hear me? God is not jealous of you. God is jealous 
for you. I know some of you in your mind, you're going like, look, I'm flipping through your biblical, your mind, and you're going, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5. You're right. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous. What? Wait a second. Isn't God love? Well, the Bible says that love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. But listen, if you're not studying the word of God, it's easy to, in our English vernacular, it's easy to read that and go, the Bible is contradicting itself, right? How many of you know if the Bible seems to contradict itself, it's because you're not reading it right? Do you believe that? It's easy when you read stuff like this. Exodus 3, uh, 34, 14 says this, you must not worship or you must worship no other gods for the Lord for the Lord, whose very name is jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with us. Listen, if it feels like there's a contradiction, it's because we're not reading it properly. The Hebrew word Elkanah means this, jealous God or, or, God, or our God is a jealous God. Watch this, desiring our praise to be only for him. Elkanah is about the marriage relationship between Yahweh and us. That's what that's talking about. Now watch this. I want to show you that Greek word that we just read in 1 Corinthians is a word zelu, right? That Greek word is a word zelu, and it means to be jealous, rival, or envy. How many of you know there is a difference between being envious and actually being zealous? Do you believe that? The word that the Bible says God is, is, a, is the word zealous. It literally means jealous, and it literally is talking about a relational jealousy. How many of you know if somebody started hitting on my wife and I wasn't bothered by it, something would be wrong there? Right? Tiffany's like, something would be wrong. Listen, if someone in a marriage relationship is not bothered by somebody else making a pass or trying to hurt them, something is wrong with that relationship. Do you believe that? So when God is saying that he's jealous, it's not in an envy way. God is saying that he is jealous of his relationship with you. Why? Because God's jealousy does not hurt. God's jealousy helps. Do you believe that? God's jealousy does not hurt. God's jealousy only helps. This is my second point. Listen to me. Elkanah is about his love for us. I think we put a, oh, we didn't. She caught it. Thank you so much. Elkanah is about his love for us. Matthew 19, verse 16, it says this. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Verse 17. Why ask me what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Everybody say commandments. Keep the commandments. He said, verse 18, which ones, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Verse 19, honor your father and mother. Did you hear me, Judah Jonas? Did you hear that? Honor your father and mother. I lost my place. Here we go. Hold on. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20, I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. 
what else must I do? Verse 21, Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, watch this, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Verse 22, but the young man, but when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. I have literally heard people preach this and teach this and even say this and make comments like you need to give all your stuff away. Listen to me. He's not saying that, okay? Jesus is not telling us to give all of our stuff away. What Jesus was doing is he was speaking to what gripped the young man's heart. Listen, Jesus isn't jealous for your stuff. He's jealous for your heart. Did you hear me? Jesus isn't jealous for your stuff. He's jealous for your heart. Listen, Jesus is jealous for whatever in your life has control over you. And the truth is, listen, I believe the best is yet to come for you. I believe the best is yet to come for your family and your marriage and your job. I believe it. But listen, if you're putting things before Jesus, the best is not yet to come for you. Did you hear me? If we are putting things before Jesus, and that's what this young man was doing. Jesus wasn't telling everybody. This wasn't meant to be taken and making a blank or a blanket doctrine where everybody in the church gave all their stuff away. What he was saying is, he was speaking to the issue that that young man had. Do you believe that tonight? He was speaking to the heart issue. Jesus is not jealous for your things or your money or your house or your job or your children or your relationships. He is jealous for your heart. Come on, some of y'all are quiet tonight. He's jealous for your heart. How many of you know that if, if the character of God is jealous then we are called to be jealous too. Not in the jealousy like your ex-girlfriend in high school was all super jealous, okay? But in the God jealous, in a relational jealous where, where, where you are looking out for the best of, of, of people. Four things real quick that I felt like the Lord put on my heart. We see God's jealousy in his pursuit of us. How many of you know God is pursuing you? Do you believe that? God is pursuing you. Psalms 23 verse 6 says this, surely yours, come on, somebody say goodness. Goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all of my days. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. How many of you know God is pursuing you right now? In this moment, y'all, some of you have come here tonight like, I don't even know why I'm here. It's because the Lord is actually pursuing you. When you leave here, the Lord is pursuing you. When you're in the supermarket walking around, God is pursuing you. I, had a, I have a friend of mine who, who lives here, and uh, he's a really good dude. And him and I have discussions all the time. And really, really good dude. But this dude, when I first met him, uh, was in a really rough space. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a believer. He wasn't following the Lord. And, and he was in a really rough space. And I was invited. It was like one of the first things that somebody invited us to. One of my friends invited us to go kind of out to eat with a bunch of his friends. They did this one thing every year, once a year. And we were hanging out. And I met this guy. And I just so happened to sit next to him at the table when we were all eating. And I just started talking to the dude. Well, 
Turns out this dude was really struggling. And then the next night, him and I went to coffee, and we just talked for like five hours sitting there at Starbucks. And, and I just, one of the things he said to me was like, I just want you to, I want to let you know, dude, I'm not a believer. And I was like, that's cool, dude. That's totally fine. And the dude just began to weep right there because he was like, man, I just want to let you know I said that because I wanted to see how, the, how it was that you are going to treat me. And then literally, I mean, listen, dude's still working through stuff. But I'm telling you, him and I talk all the time. And the, and the dude is just like, look, I really believe that the Lord sent you to Knoxville to be in a relationship with me so that I could find Jesus. How many of you know Jesus uses us to pursue people for his kingdom? Do you believe that? Some of you in this room, you're here because the Lord pursued you. Right? Some of y'all are in this room because the Lord pursued you. Some of y'all, some random dude messaged you off Facebook Market. Hey, you play guitar anywhere? <laughs> or this guy in the middle of a sketchy parking lot at 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> Sketch, okay. Why? Listen to me. Because God, his jealousy is pursuing us. Not only is he, his jealousy pursuing us, but listen to me, and this may be a little heavier, but I want you to hear me. We see his jealousy in how he disciplines us. And for some of you just got triggered because like me, I grew up and I grew up in a very abusive home and discipline wasn't, it wasn't balanced. It was, it was ridiculous. And I want to read this. 1 Corinthians 11.32 says this, yet we are judged by the Lord. We are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. Hebrews 12, 6 says this, For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each of us he accepts as a child. This is so big. Proverbs 3, 12 says this, For the Lord corrects those he loves. And listen, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Have you ever been reading the word and the, and the word just spoke something to you that you were like, oh man, I really got to change this. Have you ever been in a service, maybe just like this one, where the dude gets up and he's speaking and he's saying something and you're like, man, stepping on my toes, pastor. Have you ever felt that way? It's not a rebuke. It's not, well, it is, but it's not, uh, uh, it's not an abuse. It's not an abuse thing. It's a correction as a loving father would. In his jealousy, he corrects us. Listen to me. His jealousy is not about, or his jealousy, sorry, is about helping us, not hurting us. His jealousy is about the father's love for us. Listen to me. Love isn't love. God is love. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Love is love. Put it on their Facebook Profile, love is love. No, it's not. God is love. What people say when they say love is love is, I just don't want you to tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. I don't want to feel like maybe, maybe I need to change something, so just accept everything that I'm doing. And can I tell you something? Sometimes, look at me, sometimes God corrects us because he loves us. Do you believe that? Sometimes God corrects us because he loves us. Third thing, and you can jump up here, Brianna, if you want to. Third thing is this, we see his jealousy in his protection of us. 
I want to read this because I saw this scripture the other day, and I just was like, man, I feel this so deeply. First Timothy, or 2 Timothy 4.16 says this. At my first defense, no one stood up with me, or no one stood with me. But all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me. And that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of a lion. Some of us, when we read this, we go, holy cow. Paul's dealing with the same stuff I'm dealing with. How many of you have ever, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever felt abandoned like no one else was there standing with you? I have. I love this last part. Also, he's like, just side note, I was delivered out of the mouth of a lion. Not only is he standing with you when everyone else has left, but he's also delivering you from things that could actually kill you. Do you believe that? Why? Because he loves us. Because his jealousy for us is so strong. And this is the last thing, and I want to end tonight. We see his jealousy in his sacrifice for us. How many of you know Jesus has sacrificed so much for you and for me? Come on. We see his jealousy in his sacrifice for us. Everybody knows this verse, John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave up his whole life so that we could live. When I was working on this message, all I could think about is, if Jesus sacrificed for me, then I should sacrifice for him. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? He was paving the way, y'all. If Jesus sacrificed for us, then we should sacrifice for him. I remember packing up our car to move to Knoxville, Tennessee. And I remember driving in the middle of the night. We left really, really early in the morning. And I remember as I'm driving, the Lord literally gave me almost a, a vision of, of Tiffany and I standing on a platform in front of a lot of people. Telling this story. And can I tell you something? Listen. We have, we have, and I'm not even trying to get attention. I'm not trying to brag. But listen, we have sacrificed so much to be here right now. I remember when the first month we moved here. Judah and Jonas, I don't know if they remember this, but they were really struggling. They missed their friends in Florida. They were really, really struggling. And I had not met anyone. No one had joined the team. It was literally just my family and I. And I remember 
tucking Judah in, and Judah was really struggling. And he made, he made this comment to me. He goes, I just, I miss Florida, Dad. And I was like, buddy, I get it. I'm like, you know why we moved here, right? And he's like, I'm like, we moved here to, to plant a church. And then he looked at me in the face and said, Dad, God called you to plant this church, not me. And I'm, I don't even blame you, buddy. It was hard. It was a hard season. But can I tell you something? God is calling us to sacrifice. And obviously he, he gets it, okay? We get it. The other day I was like, I quit. And Jonas is like, Dad, you can't quit. Don't you know what the Lord has called us to do? I mean, literally starts telling me, don't you know that if you quit, look at all the people's lives that have been changed so far. If you quit, it'll be for nothing. A 10-year-old said that to me. And I literally, I'm like, why are you so wise? Look at me. We see his jealousy and his sacrifice for us. Jesus sacrificed. Look at the garden. Y'all listen. He's in the garden and he's, he's so stressed out because he knows that he's about to go to the cross. And he's, he's so stressed that he's literally sweating blood. Do you remember what he said to the Father? He said, if there's any other way, let this cup pass before me. And then what did he say? But not my will, your will. He did that three separate times. If there's any other way, not my will, your will. If there's any other way, not my will, but your will. How many of you know that when you are really walking in what the Lord has called you to walk in, there's going to be times where you want to quit. And our attitude needs to be the same as Jesus. Not my will, but your will. Do me a favor, stand to your feet all over the room. I want to make two statements tonight, and then I, and then I want to pray for you. His jealousy for us is what drove him to the cross. See, I believe that Jesus absolutely wanted to submit to the Father. I believe that. And that's why he said, not my will, but your will. You want to know what I really believe pushed him to that cross? You. And me. For God so loved the world. I say this statement all the time, but I want you to hear me say it again. If you were the only person alive and Jesus had not died on the cross, he would still die on the cross for your sins. Because it's not about a, a bunch of people. It's about individual people who create a bunch of people. His jealousy for us drove him to the cross. Listen, the cross is all about God's jealousy for us. Let me pray for you tonight. 